Hello, I'm Suzanne Shaw. I'm a mum, a singer, actress and wellness advocate. In 2020, I changed my life for the better. I made myself a priority. I quit alcohol, adopted a plant-based lifestyle and found a love for running. Fast forward to a few years later and I can honestly say my life has changed beyond recognition. In this podcast, I'll be speaking to wellness experts and well-known self-improvement advocates and celebrities about all things well-being, along with finding out about their tips, tricks and secrets to living a happier, healthier life. So, on with the show. Welcome to Dare to be Happy. This week's guest is Louisa Bradshaw-White, an actress many of you will know. She's appeared on the biggest TV shows the UK has produced. Holby City, Bad Girls, Grange Hill, This Life, Birds of a Feather, The Bill, Doctors. But she's probably best known for playing Tina Carter in EastEnders. However, in recent years, Louisa has taken a step back from acting as she focuses on her love of facilitating healing through breathwork and ecstatic dance. Her talent for this is mind-blowing, as I've experienced it firsthand. It truly is a life-changing experience. It's an interesting and inspiring chat. Hope you enjoy. Louisa, I am absolutely thrilled to have you on my podcast because we are people who have crossed paths way, way back in the past before I was in Hearsay when we auditioned for the musical Godspell. But we've become friends in recent months, even last year. But we also have been in the entertainment industry, but are both taking a very different route in wellness. And so for mm. me, having you on this podcast is a great honour. And I can't wait to hear all your insights and get into a fantastic conversation about love, light, um, wellness, alignment, all of the things. Um, but thank you. Thank you for being on the show. Oh, thank you for having me. I love, I really value our friendship. I love that we're both kind of traveling this path together, sort of very similarly at the same time. And it feels, yeah, it's really, I feel it feels really important to have you in my life at this time. And it, yeah, I really value that. It is amazing. And, and I do believe everything is for a reason. Um, we met um, back, it must have been 2000 or even 1999 maybe when we auditioned for Godspell together I came in all <laughs> flustered and late you were late uh, I was late you were late and I audition. shared my music with you you did um <laughs> and at the time I was auditioning for Hearsay at the same time and yeah I kind of fumbled in late I think I blamed it on my agent you you remember those details yeah I did <laughs> She gave you the wrong time. Really, you were really stressed. Yeah, really threw her on the bus. I probably just got lost in London because I was travelling from Manchester in the big city with a map. We didn't have Google Maps then telling yes. us where to walk. We had to figure out maps map. ourselves. <laughs> and then, um, yeah, so I came in all flustered and all late and we briefly met then. And then obviously we have crossed paths through showbiz but never really worked on any gigs together until, you know, you contacted me recently on Instagram. But what I find fascinating is I auditioned for Holby when you were in Holby. I auditioned for Bad Girls when you were in Bad Girls. Never got those parts, <laughs> but it's like almost we were meant to meet and work together or, or just become friends. And I find that really fascinating in life. Do you find those, those things um, fascinating? You kind of get there when you're meant to get there. I don't, who, yeah. We may have not been the greatest of friends in our old lifetime, yeah. in True. that other lifetime. Who knows? Yeah, that could have been that could have been a possibility. We might have been drinking buddies. <laughs> we definitely would have been drinking buddies. I think I might have been more outrageous than you. <laughs> <laughs> and 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 it's a shame we can't measure that now. No, I'm glad we can't measure that. <laughs> but we won't. No, Let's we measure won't. it in kombucha. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, kombucha, filling ourselves up with kombucha. That's far more exciting. <laughs> um, but just kind of to go back, um, because obviously, you know, we have both experienced showbiz. I want to know a little bit about your experience uh, through how you started, why you started and the journey you've been on since kind of being in the, in the public eye because you were quite young when you had your first experience in show business. 
Yeah, I I started going to a local drama school when I was about five because my sister uh, was really shy. So my parents sent her along and because she went, I decided I needed to go. She didn't last very long, thought it was all awful. And I literally found my home on the stage. I loved every second of being there. I used to do festivals. I just, I I lived for them. I absolutely loved it. And it it kind of then was, I felt was my calling was, it was just, I never ever thought about doing anything else in my life. It was all I wanted to do. I got a real, I, I really loved to experience, be able to live my life by expressing my emotions through drama to be able to act out how I felt and to know that I was good at doing that really, I think, helped me in life. And to have a a pathway to know what it was I wanted to do felt like it was a really, it was a real blessing for me. I think I was about 12 when I first started professionally acting and it was lucky. I think I was about 15 when I started doing Grange Hill and I did four years on that. And it was good because otherwise I think I would have been one of those kids at school that was just out smoking behind the bike sheds and bunking because there was no way I would have been able to have done all day, five days a week. I just wasn't, I just, I, I wasn't one of those people. It didn't hold my attention. I wanted to be out there in the world experiencing it from such a young age. So because I was able to uh, do tutoring on set and and be filming a lot of the time, um, I, I was able to just dip in and out of my school and so mm. the, the the teenage years of acting sort of worked relatively well. Yeah, it was just a really it was a really beautiful start to to a career. I really enjoyed it. I never ever thought about doing anything else, mm. and I've loved every second really, ne- nearly every second <laughs> of my acting career. It's been thirty years, and it feels really really right now to dip out and to do something else I feel all the way along I've had another calling it's been something that I've really really enjoyed to do but kind of the passion went out of it quite a long time ago in fact when I was doing Holby when I was in my 20s I started training in loads of other alternative therapies whilst I was doing Holby because I did four years on that job and I just thought how am I going to get through four years of not Mm. doing what really feeds my soul and so I just kept going off and training in different things. And they were so lovely to me. They let me just go off and have a weekend here and a weekend there and learn that. And I'd be on set sitting in one of the hospital beds, you yeah. know, with my material learning <laughs> stuff to feed my soul, not my script. <laughs> uh, I love that because that isn't normal for you to be on a contract in a TV job and for them to allow you to go and do something else. That That's brilliant that they did that. Mm. But Yeah, I love- they were really nice. But I love the fact that, you know, you probably had to learn all of this crazy terminology in um, Holby land of like, you know, being a nurse and learning Mm. like the lingo that you need to learn. And then you're learning like how to breathe people and to do the breath work. Mm. That's a lot of information going in at once. How how did how were you with script learning? Because I find that um, an art. I find it, it's a, it's a muscle, isn't it? So yeah. you just grow the yeah. muscle and you get quicker and quicker and quicker and it becomes easier and easier to the point that I really took the mick out of it. I would be sitting in the makeup chair in the morning and I'd just be looking at the script and like allowing it to go in, not giving any prep or anything. And I'd be on set and I'd just be winging it. Yeah, and then yeah. I one day it just hit me and I just thought, why do you do that? Why do you put yourself through that? Because sometimes you experience real fear, that real sort of, you know, that stage fright of, mm. you know, if you have to keep going for more takes, it costs more money and that sort of panic of mm. the sort of getting the fear and not knowing your lines. And I just thought, well, just learn the script. Mm. And, then, and then I thought, God, and also just have some respect as well for the other actors and know your stuff. Yeah. Turn up prepared. Um, and then I just and then I realized that when you really do know your lines you can just take it that one step further so there was a real growth in that and I look back now and it was real sort of the ego at play but it was me just not bothering because I didn't really care enough um so then I started working harder and I cared more but it was actually more about my self-care about yeah. looking after myself more so I didn't have to experience that fear but the the positives I got from it was that you mm. can really take it further you can really play with the the lines and the part more when you don't have to keep thinking oh what's the next bit what's the next bit is it coming is it coming yeah, is it coming yeah. oh phew it came you know so yeah 
Um, I find that fascinating, actually, because somebody asked me not so long ago, how do I react to the feeling of failure? And if I ever have that feeling of failure, I'll only have ever have that if I know I've not put the work in. If I've put the work in, I will never mm. even think I've failed. I'll just know that I've done what I've wanted to do and given it an attempt because it's such a... I don't like the word failure. I just like, you know, feeling like I've done something and have achieved it. But if I ever do mm. feel defensive or a little bit unsettled with something that I've done that I've not quite felt like I've done it to the best of my ability, it's purely mm. because that is triggering the fact that I have not put the work that I should have done in. And like yeah. you, I would wing it in the makeup chair. You know, you're so busy on these soaps. They're bit long mm. hours. And a lot of those hours are filing your next scenes and understanding where your storyline orders are coming in. And so when I would wing it, and if the director said, oh, we're going to have to take that again, I'd get quite defensive. And it was purely because I hadn't put the work in. And we did have to mm. do it again because I hadn't learnt my lines. And one thing that, I don't know whether you've heard this terminology, uh, you're a wanker or a banker in uh, the soaps. I just think it's quite interesting for our listeners to to hear this. The wan- wanker or a banker? So a wanker or a banker on uh, on a soap. So time is, is money on set, isn't it? Um, mm. And so if you mm. go over your takes, you um, mm. you end up costing more time on a, on a soap. Of course, yeah. And so, you know... The, so you're a wanker. A wanker or a banker. So if you find like you cut out of, um, of the series of the, uh, of the soap, you know, very soon into your contract, it potentially could be because, you know, you're not banking those scenes for them quick enough. <laughs> Ah, I like that. Uh, it's, yeah. it's, it, there's a there's a lot of pressure, isn't there, there to make pressure, sure yeah. that you're there on time and and to make sure that you know your lines and to make sure that you deliver. Because I mean, I've always felt I've always felt that pressure. Mm. Um, I don't think there's all the actors out there do because some so it's, actors are notorious for turning up really late on set and yeah. not knowing their lines and and yet you know they just keep reeling it out do you think a lot of that is insecurity yes a hundred percent a hundred percent it breeds um insecurity mm. it really does breed insecurity the bigger people think you know somebody's ego is or how you know how cocky they are yeah. it's all insecurity and it breeds it in that profession it really does yeah, and the hierarchies and I mean it's another world out there isn't it it's funny really because you can see some major major talent on set and you just think wow you're brilliant but sometimes you know people can let themselves down because of their insecurities and they're e- allowing their ego to eat them up and like you say you know when you're in that environment I'm a great believer that you can latch onto that energy of the room and if it's full mm. of insecurity um, that can be quite difficult and you'll know from working in soaps you work with a a family you don't you very very rarely come across Mm. the entire cast of you know EastEnders or Emmerdale you would you just wouldn't spend time with them it's just that family or that friendship group you have Mm. your scenes with what was it like uh, within your family and group did you have a a nice team yeah I was really lucky actually because I mostly my family were just my favorite people in the show that they're, right. they're just the loveliest people and Danny Dyer and Kelly Bright were my closest family within that and they're both also very spiritual and we had so much in common and to be able to have real proper conversations with mm. them was everything for me and there's everybody knows at EastEnders there's this there's these settees that everybody sits on and and they're like the moaning you know it's a is it a a whinge of actors yeah yeah that is a whinge of actors because that's all actors do is they just moan about they haven't got a day off or there's too much to learn give an actor a job they'll moan don't give an actor a job yeah that's that's what actors do there's these settees that everybody would sit on and the minute you sat down on the settee everyone would moan because that's what and I just remember starting that job thinking I have not got time for that settee Mm. I have not got time in my life to be sitting sometimes I would sit down and I'd sort of feel it and it's quite comforting sort of getting caught up in the sort of moaning and the gossip and and then I just thought right the only way I'm going to get through this job is if I really sort of rein it in and 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 sort of have some self-control with this so I 
painted my dressing room, which is pretty <laughs> much a, a hut, a box. And I painted it purple and I made it really sort of boho. And I put loads of cushions in there. And I literally, every time I had a break from work, I would be in there, I'd meditate, I would dance, I would learn anything I could to feed my soul so that I really, you know, got a lot more out of life because I just, I always feel like there's so much to learn. There's always mm. so much to learn. There's so much, I'm so hungry um, to, to be fed knowledge. Um, and yeah, I just thought I can't waste any moments of life. Yeah. So that's what kind of got me through the seven years. And Danny Dyer was next door to me. So if ever I was doing breath work, and he does it too, so I would just be saying to him, listen, I'm breathing, because that sort of heavy breathing can come across as something completely different. And I would say, I don't know what it is, your, what your breathing is next door, which is normally something a little bit different. And then I would be doing my breath work. And they were, re- they were all really lovely. They were all really lovely about it. And I, sometimes I'd have my music on, and it's not like the normal music that you would hear coming out of... Um, the dressing rooms I'd have like my kirtan playing or something like that that. Um, and they just they were just lovely about it and those two really really kept me going with with just it was just lovely to be able to have that real spiritual connection with people in a world that is so cutthroat and ruthless and detached from your own alignment yeah we we had a I had a different experience on it that that's incredible because it's hard to find that experience amongst fellow actors um, mm. and to be able to feel, you know, looked after and aligned and safe and, you know, connected. Um, that's really important. Yeah, because we're always performing. Yes. It's, it's, it's always performing. There's cameras on you the whole time in a soap. There's multi-cameras. Yeah. You are, whenever you leave the studio, people notice you, they see you, they recognise you. You're always, you're, you're all day at work, you're ready to go on set so you can never really sort of relax and it's not until you step away from it and and completely step away that you start to become you so much that Mm. I really don't think I've got it in me now to go back. If you're looking to improve your lifestyle and learn more about health, fitness and well-being, then check out my online wellness community, the Happy Health Club. You can subscribe to our newsletter for free, you can join our monthly membership or you can take part in our courses and challenges. It's a community built on real life experiences, holding a safe space for you to nurture your inner wellness. At the Happy Health Club, we focus on plant-based nutrition, sober living, which means taking breaks from alcohol, mindful drinking, or living an alcohol-free life, and finding ways to enjoy movement daily. We also cover a wide range of wellness subjects as we are joined by different experts sharing their knowledge and expertise for you to learn, discover, and grow. Visit thehappyhealthclub.com today and give yourself the gift of well-being. Well, I want to talk to you about this. I am a totally in agreement with you. It's taken me so long to to find and discover what my authentic self is because I've always mm. been playing a character or, you know, performing switched. I was always switched on. And it's mm. so, it's a lot for the nervous system. And so to be it not... It really is. Yeah, to be not switched on anymore mm. is, is so refreshing. Mm. And I can't go back to that place where I feel like I have mm. to switch on and, and, and agree with things that I don't agree with. Um, but when was it, what point was it for you that you were ready to step into a new life? I think it was probably COVID. Yeah. I, I wasn't uh, completely uh, aware of it during mm. that time, but I was building up. I was I was preparing, I think. Yeah. Um, I just, I, I, I make sure I meditate every single morning. I communicate and I really, really listen to what my pathway is that day yeah and what is you know what is in the highest good for me in that day and then I just keep putting one foot in front of the other so quite often I think I know what my pathway is I think I know what my goals are I think I I got it all figured out and then mostly it doesn't really end up working out like that anyway but recently I've had no 
real idea of where I'm going. I just know I'm in the right place and I know what my next step is and nothing, it wasn't, hasn't all really been revealed to me. And I, and I know that for years I've been preparing for this because I can look back now and see, and all I kept doing was following my heart. But in COVID, it was the, I guess it was the slowing down. It was the understanding that I was on this treadmill that I don't quite know how I got so caught up on Mm -hmm. that life was going so fast that, you know, you earn money and you buy a house and then you want more money because you want the house to be bigger or you start buying these clothes and then you want more clothes or then you learn to look up, you know, to deal with your emotions by shopping or by, and, and nothing I really did was that extreme I just, I guess it was COVID that just gave me this absolute awareness of mm. that. And I and I had a real spiritual awakening when I was about 18 and I've been completely like hungry for life and not been able to live my life any other way than communicating and finding that alignment and having like my team. Yeah. Um, but this was like another real sort of, awakening and knowing that I just needed to get off the treadmill I just needed to be off it and and then it just kept getting revealed to me more and more and more about I I just kept asking for years in fact it was in COVID I asked for it was on New Year I think it was and you make um, your intentions or whatever and it was two words and it was freedom and adventure you know when you ask the universe for something and then you suddenly look back and you go oh if I'd known it was going to play out that way I would (laughs) never have asked for that always and I think the biggest the lesson I needed to get to get freedom was freedom from financial for just for freedom from finances financial yeah. freedom really understanding what it's really about yeah and I really learned that the last few years of just letting go of just letting go because mm. when you follow when you truly follow your the path that your soul wants you to be on um you've got to let go of the making money and the finances and you got to you you know you you sort of say oh I really trust the universe I trust that this is right but you know send me the money or you know and it's like you just gotta you just and and that was the biggest the biggest letting go and and that freedom in so many areas has come into my life but really not in the way I had tried to control it all and had planned. I think it's an interesting subject to actually bring up, actually, the freedom of finances, because recent kind of awakenings, I suppose, I've had to it. You know, you you, being self-employed from such a young age and being in the the acting world does make you Mm. feel quite worried about when's the next gig going to come in? What's the contract going to look like? How much do I need that money to last for? Because we never know when our next job is going to be because Mm. it's so unpredictable. It's not predictable. And you do get used to living that life. But it does, for me, for me certainly, it made me put emotion with money. It really made me feel quite emotional. It made me panic, made me mm-hmm. um, put a lot of pressure on myself. It made me um, kind of look at money in a in a way that it, it, it was going to control my life. And what you said mm-hmm. then about freedom from finances... I know exactly what you mean. It's not about freedom because you're making such abundance that you can do whatever you want, but it's alleviating that emotion, let go of the emotion Mm. attached to it and looking at it as it's a subject. This is what it gets me. What can I do from A to B? How can I live from day to day without feeling like that emotional attachment Mm. to something that's going to control my life? And I had a lot of money when I was working that I could do what I wanted, Mm. but I wasn't free I wasn't really free and now I don't have that money that I earned when I was was, I don't have that weekly wage coming in or that Mm. that high income um I've learned to live my life that I don't need this is the biggest buzz ever I don't need clothes I don't need all those things that I thought I needed that I thought made me happy I have learned to find true true happy well I think I always had that but I've realized that all that really makes me deeply, truly happy is free. I love that. Other than the fact I bought a paddleboard, so (laughs) I I paid for that, but now it's free. But all of those things that I truly love, I know that we need to be able to pay our bills, but all of the things that 
I want truly in life are yeah. free that really bring me joy and nothing else I actually even care about anymore yeah. and that feels really really freeing it's getting to that point where you value money because of the good it can do but it doesn't control you yeah 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 and and it's really it's that's quite that's hard when it's, we've been really similar and we've earned like uh, really a lot yeah. and it, and your ego goes with that you know you oh you're a high earner you're earning this much mm. and then the job ends and you go to earning nothing i mean i've i've done cleaning jobs i've made i used to make cushions <laughs> i've done <laughs> i used to run a kids performing arts school i've done all these different things in between jobs because that's what we do that's yeah, what yeah. we do because we've got to pay the bills in between times but that roller coaster of yeah. being a high earner to not earning to being a high earner to to earning you know just it is it, it, it really kind of it really takes you on a real sort of emotional journey doesn't yeah. it so to yeah. be free of that and yeah. to know that you will be provided for is really nice So let's talk about breathwork and ecstatic dance because I've experienced both and they are absolutely uplifting. You have the incredible Mm. ability to take people on a journey uh, with breathing and with your ecstatic dance events, your talent for mixing in the music in a certain way that really takes people on this inspiring and uplifting journey that you come away feeling amazing but you can come into a space where you feel safe to leave your ego at the door. Do you know what I mean mm-hmm. by that? I really love that. I love when you, we go to the dances and sometimes I just, just look at all the people there and, you know, there's kind of maybe a couple of famous people there, a couple of famous people's wives or, yeah. you know, family or something like that. And some people that you can tell or I know have a lot of money some people yeah. I know don't really have much money at all then you've got like the sort of rural alternative maybe Steiner mums and then you've yeah. got the really sort of normal normal yeah. people and everybody's <laughs> all dancing together and there are no hierarchies yeah everybody is the same everybody uh, it's just it's just it to be honest it feels like it's just light dancing yeah. everybody's just light dancing about between themselves because there are no hierarchies there are no judgment everybody owns their place there's no competition and isn't that lovely everybody is one well it's just a a uncompetitive space that everybody can just be themselves in and not Mm. worry about Mm. what about judgment it's zero judgment Mm. but no judgment no judgment we are all one and it's so nice it's so lovely that yeah, because it's literally just the shit, the layers that we have yeah. on us that, you know, people think, oh, you're better than me or she, I'm better than her or, you know, you kind of put yourself in the line, don't you? I used yeah. to see this line when I was working. I'd sort of work out whereabouts I was in it. Yeah. And then one day I thought to myself, hmm, so if you feel less than that person, but you kind of feel better than that person. And I always thought, well, I don't actually feel better than that person I feel very like aligned and the same as the runner and I thought then you've got to let go of the actor that's got the biggest ego or the execs or whatever and just see them as the same as you because we're just all people doing jobs so your job goes when you get on the dance floor at ecstatic dance no one cares what it is you do for a living nobody cares how much money you earn and I, wouldn't that be just a wonderful to be able to go into every environment like that? Because I feel that I feel I feel pressured, overwhelmed and very stressed when I feel like something's just become extremely competitive and we're mm. all having a game of top trumps whose car and whose lives are better. I can't do it. It really unsettles my energy and I have to walk mm. away. And I think I think that's part of, you know, struggling to be in a job that that breeds that but the the ones that Mm. when you've been on a job where like you say you know if you're in your group your team of people who are all connected and you're having great conversations you are going to shine and do wonderful things together which you did in EastEnders with your family you know great storylines you know giving you know really great messaging throughout that and connecting and becoming great actors together 
when you have that connection, whatever line of work it is, wonderful things happen. I think you mentioned it the other day when we went for lunch about Abraham Hicks saying about if we're all in alignment together and we're all saying yes and working together as a team, like Mm. incredible things happen, don't they? Yes, they say that one uh, one person that's aligned to source is more powerful than a million people who aren't. Yes. So and and, right. and and when you get more than one person and they come together, magic happens. That's yeah. when. And that's what I love about ecstatic dance. When I watch people dancing, yeah. I love the fact that you've got all different types of people coming for all different types of reasons, all on different individual journeys through the dance. But by the end, you can tell that everybody is so full of love and so full of light yes. that we are all one and there is no competition and we can then all go back out into the world and be the best version of ourselves, whatever that is, in whatever field we're in, we can go and sort of shine our light, you know, yeah. without it being an egotistical thing of, you know, whatever it is you've come here to do, we can just be the best version of ourselves. And I, that's all I really, I ask for people to show up authentically as themselves, um, yeah. the the true them, that's all I'm really interested in meeting. Yeah. And other than that, I think to literally be the best version of you that you can be, you really show up for yourself. When I meditate every morning, I do all like the meditation and all of that and I get myself aligned. And then the last five minutes, I just start to up it. And at the moment, I'm at the top of the hill and it's it's so much easier to start to just appreciate, appreciate, appreciate. And I start looking around and I look at, you know, and it doesn't matter where you are. There's always something that you can appreciate. And I look at and I go, that's really beautiful. It feels really lovely having the sun on my body. And, and then I start to think about my life and all the things that I'm grateful for that I'm appreciative of. And I raise my energy and then I'm like, get myself to that place of feeling so full of joy and so full of life. And then I go, I'm done. I'm ready. I'm ready for the day. I want to know a little bit more about this meditation practice you do, because I think a lot of people worry that they're not doing it right or they can't focus. Talk us through exactly how it starts and ends for you, because I know you end with like the joy and the gratitude. But how do you start the meditation? Um, so quite often I'll just come in, I'll sit down, I get up really early. Quite often it takes, I do have time because I do wake early. So I do have time. So I might be a little stricter on myself if I didn't have this time on my side. But I do allow myself to just allow that monkey mind to just chat for a little bit. And I ground my energy, I connect myself, I call in my team, which is the energies that I've got around me. And um, sometimes I can communicate with them by writing. And sometimes I just intuitively know and I ask questions and I just allow the answers to come through. So sometimes I'll do that first. Sometimes I'll just sit. But the actual real meditation, um, I mostly do it by sound. I will sit and I will listen because I think this whole idea of clearing your mind and doing nothing is pretty impossible mm. because you don't quite know what is nothing, what's nothing. So to actually have something to focus on. So if you just sit and you just listen to the sounds, a really good one is like, a, this, I don't know if you're in the house, the sound of the fridge, because it's a really inoffensive sound mm. that has no attachments to it. So, you know, if you're outside and you hear the aeroplane and then you go, oh, it's an aeroplane. And then your mind goes, oh, yeah. oh, it's an easy jet. Oh, I wonder where it's going. <laughs> oh, I remember when I was in, you know, and then you're gone. Yeah. And then, yeah. and, and if that happens, so be it. Because meditation for years and years and years and years and years is about drifting off, recognizing that you've drifted off and then bringing it back. And if you have to do that a hundred times in five minutes, so be it. There's never, the only bad meditation is the one you don't show up for. So you just get there, you sit down, you, so, so my thing is listening, is just listening to, so if I'm outside, I'll just listen and I hear, but without an attachment, listen to the birds singing. The crickets mm. are so loud when you actually listen. The crickets, I'm like, oh my God, they're, they're really, really noisy. I've, not, I've never even heard them before because yeah. my mind hasn't been still. And I would just keep listening and listening and I'm doing something. 
I'm mm. actually doing something. I'm really kind of listening. And mm. that's when that silence comes. And that's when any kind of negativity I'm feeling goes and you just go to that place. You just raise your yeah. energy. You, raise, you, 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 you just feel lighter and easier. And then you're in a much better place to then go, okay, now let's drop in that enthusiasm and that appreciation and let's ramp it up. <laughs> I love that because I've never done it that way where I would drop in enthusiasm and gratitude. I'd do a gratitude list, but I wouldn't attach that to my meditation. But what a powerful thing to do to keep lifting yourself up within that and getting yourself excited and joyful for the day. Yeah, that's the way to... So I think also before you really do anything... Oh, that was what we were saying the other day. Um, I'm obsessed with Abraham Hicks, but Esther had said to... They're, they're a couple. And uh, Esther had said to Jerry, Jerry said, do you want to meditate? Should we meditate? And she went, I haven't got time to meditate. And he went, oh, I don't think you've got time to not meditate. <laughs> because when you get yourself aligned, everything just happens for you so much easier and effortlessly and quicker. And, you know, the people that weren't picking up the phone that you're thinking, I can't tick that off the list. They're there at the end of the phone. And, they, and you yeah. intuitively learn, you know, no, oh, I'm just going to go there today. Or I'm going to take that path. Or I'm going to do this. And life happens so much easier for you if so, you just get in yeah. alignment so this so now even if even if like i'm gonna i don't know do some work i'm gonna sit and work on something for an hour just yeah. really try if i can get in alignment first and just have five minutes of just listening for a yeah. minute just stopping to listen for a minute getting the energy getting rid of the rubbishy stuff getting slowing the monkey mind down and then throwing in the appreciation and not of anything and then at the last minute throwing in the appreciation of the topic that you're going to work on and then mm. bam you're there in the energy and you can really kind of create yeah and it's really important actually for uh, being able to lead with your intuition rather than logic um because mm. if you're not tapping into finding a, a still place for the mind calming down a little bit then how can you lead with it, your intuition mm. because you've got so much stimulation around you going on mm. that there's too mm. much noise that it only has to be logic that you have to go for because yeah. it's too much yeah. yeah and that voice is quiet that yeah. that intuition is quiet so you've got to really shut up in yeah. order to hear it you know they're whispers ah <sighs> What does the word wellness mean to you? Because I've been asking this a lot lately. Oh, wellness. For me, it means being happy from the inside, really feeling that stillness and that mm. peace from the inside. And then that is connecting yourself to your soul, your intuition, mm. the, 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 the small voice that is really guiding you through life, mm. trying to give you the answers. But if you're not listening, you're not being, mm. you're not able to grow or it's going to throw you um, the crap. It's going to throw you the crap if you're not listening mm. to what life is trying to teach you. Um, it's yeah. going to keep throwing you those hard lessons. Yeah. And we just keep getting the same lessons over and over until we actually stop. And I think the world, since COVID, it, it was going really fast. And then we had COVID and it really mm. slowed down. And now it seems even faster than it was before. And it yeah. and it and it's it feels like absolute madness going yeah. on in the world. And I think the only way to stay sane in all of this is just to keep coming back, yeah. keep checking in, stay aligned. And every time we, when I'm if I don't meditate, I find that I'm really pulled throughout the day with people's energies. If somebody's in my family's in a bad mood, off I go with them. If somebody mm -hmm. in my family's in a good mood, off I go with them. And yeah when i'm aligned and i've and i've meditated in the morning i've taken that time to ground my energy i'm very rarely swayed and i'll keep my energy as good as it can be and then people will sort of yeah. you know raise match match mine i feel like i've got much more control over it all when um when people say you know it's um it's selfish to put yourself first all the time what it, it angers me because I don't believe that. What what are your thoughts? I'm really selfish that? then. Yeah, I'm massively selfish because I have to. Because if I don't, 
I'm terrible yeah. to be around if I don't give that time to myself. My, my meditation a lot is through running because I love yeah. getting out into nature and hearing the sound of my steps and the sound of my, my breath. And then my mind will wander and I'll think about that thing that happened in the supermarket 20 years ago. And I think, why am I thinking about that? <laughs> and then occasionally I'll shout out, no, of that really embarrassing thing that I did that I can't let go of. And then I like start <laughs> laughing about it and don't make it too seriously. And then I get to this place where suddenly I'm floating and I'm hearing the sounds that I'm be, you know, that I, I that my intuition, I'm, I'm listening to it. Wow. Love that that's through running. I absolutely love that everybody has their thing. We, we were saying the other day about if you go, you know, somebody says, oh, they want to lose weight or they want to get fit and they immediately don't think about it. They just think, oh, I'll go to the gym. And it's like, rarely works for everybody, the gym. It's, mm. a, it's sort of a, a specific amount of people that really find joy in the gym. The gym's been designed to take you away from connection and I don't I don't agree with it you know just, oh, just anyway I know it's ridiculous isn't it when you could be running down the pathway through the trees and no, no, but, no. but if but finding your thing your way of meditating doesn't have to be sitting cross-legged you're bringing in movement about finding what makes you happy what aligns you a friend of mine said she was going to go paddleboarding and it was when I'd said I'd try some new things and I said okay, I'll, I'll come with you. And it hadn't even occurred to me that I'd want to do something like that. I, just, I don't have no idea. I think I just went along because I heard the whisper of go, go, go. So I just yeah. went. And it changed my life, being on that paddleboard, having yeah. my legs, you know, and most of the time I paddle on the canal. So I really don't want to fall in. So <laughs> I'm focused. I'm yeah. really focused. And my legs are just bent enough that they really feel strong and yeah. I'm paddling along and I'm using my arm muscles and my stomach muscles to stay on because it looks easy but it's really not and then I there's just beauty all around me and yeah. I'm completely on my own and I'm elevated and it is the most joyous wonderful experience yeah. and yeah I just stumbled across that but that's a un something unique for me that I found that truly feeds my soul and that's what running does for you I've yeah. got a friend who does pole fitness and yeah. she is obsessed and she, I've never seen her so happy and so joyous as yeah. when she's in her little knickers and her bra yeah. flying around on the pole learning something new all these muscles and yeah she's and then another friend of mine who's who was always very active she ran a lot and has got poorly and can't move her body so much anymore and has found pottery no, I, I couldn't think of anything worse than to sit. But to see the joy that she That's, gets yes. from making her pot. And she thinks about it all the time. What am I going to make on Tuesday when I go for my pottery? Oh, I could make this. And and I just think, oh, my God, that's that's living life. But you've yeah. got to listen to the whispers in order to know what it is that is your thing that feeds your soul, that is your meditation. And meditation goes on all day, every day, as we learn and that is self-care as we mm. learn to look after what really ourselves and what really feeds our soul. And it is in all different areas in life. It is, it is. And that really goes to that comparison. We often compare ourselves to other people going, well, maybe it's running that I should do. Okay, then yeah. I'll run. Yeah. Oh, so you have to go to the gym and that's what you do. Oh, well, that's what I would do. Mm. But everyone's looking at what everybody else is doing and not looking inwards and going, what is my listening. life? What's my path? What's mm. my joy? Because mm. your joy is not going to be mine or yours or your neighbours. It's going to be something completely yeah. different, whether it's pottery, paddleboarding, yeah. running, you know, strongman, yeah. whatever it may yeah. be, it will be your thing. Ecstatic dance and breath work. Yeah, yeah, ecstatic dance and breath work. I certainly didn't do those things to to make money because yeah. most people were like, I don't even know what that is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't even know what that is, but it's like my heart called me to those places and that's what feeds my soul. <sighs> that's what yeah. makes me ridiculously joyous and and aligned. And to be honest, I think ecstatic dance and breath work makes a lot of people, I mean, I love running, but I also love ecstatic dance and I love breath work as well. But I think you have to come out of your comfort zone and try these things or you're, or else you're never mm. going to know. And like, I don't mm. think a lot of people realise how actually beneficial breath work is and what that can do. And for those who don't, 
Can you talk us through that? Yeah. So it's, you know what, it's, it's not for everyone. Um, but the people that it is, the people that it does work for, it is life changing. You know, when they say, oh, everybody wants a quick fix. Yeah, people want to sort of, well, they either want to, 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 get rid of it by drinking or shopping or whatever, or they want the quick fix. They want mm. the, the instant instant healing. Um, and, you know, that it's a lifelong journey we're on. You, you, what you need to do and what I encourage the, my clients to do is to come and breathe with me for a year, come and breathe once a month for a year and do not um, stop and take stock of your life until the end of that year. And then in a year's time, look back and then see how your life has changed. Because some, so many people will, will go for one therapy session or one breathe or one whatever. And, and they think, oh my God, that's incredible. And then a few weeks later, they think, oh, I'm sort of slipping back to Mm. how it was. And my life hasn't completely changed. And I think, well, no, because, you know, it doesn't really work like that. You've got to keep going. It's shedding the layers, shedding the onion. But I really do believe that it is a biohack to alignment, to letting go of your trauma, to letting... I really do believe it's the quickest, most transformational, most powerful alternative therapy there is out there. I mean, one session that's about an hour long feels like about 10 therapy sessions in one. It's so... Because basically you draw so much life force, so much breath, so much energy up through your body when you breathe that it unlocks trauma that's stuck in the body, slow-moving energy Mm. um, that we have just literally... We're walking around with it. It's just there. Um, and it just unlocks it and you're so aligned when you're in this state of breathing you're so aligned that it unlocks it but it allows you to let it go in the most beautiful way it's almost like I don't know say maybe an angel or Jesus or something like that yeah it comes and says come on let me take that from you and just literally just comes and lifts it and takes it out and then at the end of the hour you're just free of it and then you start your life and you go, okay, I'm a little bit lighter and the world is a little bit brighter and mm. and you feel so much more joyous. And the more you breathe, the more that life force, that light, that joy starts to seep out into the mundane every day and it becomes, life becomes infinitely easier and more joyous and better. But it's something that we have to, I've been breathing since I was in my 20s, you know, mm. I breathe if I've breathed out so much trauma from my past, I've breathed the trauma that I would have collected had I not carried on breathing because it just keeps coming at us because we're human and we mm. live in a human experience and we react in certain ways. Um, the other day, somebody upset me and I went for a walk an hour later, still hadn't let it go. And mm. I thought, okay, you know what to do. Go up the hill, do a breathe. And sometimes I think, oh, it's a whole hour. But I think it's just an hour. And in that hour, after that hour, you know it is gone. It's gone. It's not just, you've not just made yourself feel a bit better. It's actually gone. So I went to breathe and I'd been breathing for about three minutes when suddenly I realised it was nothing to do with the person that had upset me. It was why I had been triggered by what had been said. And it was, and then I realised it was the lifetime that I've had, the the shit that I've been through. And I thought, and and then this stuff came up and I thought, that's why that upset me because it's triggered this from this age or this. And that came up to be healed. And I breathed it out and I had a good cry. Mm. And at the end of the hour, I I almost want, I didn't because I'm not that evolved, but I almost wanted to go and thank the person (laughs) for upsetting me because I thought oh my god I've learned so much from that and it was in an hour the journey that I went on in that hour was just incredible it's it's an it's an amazing tool to have in life I'm so appreciative of it I think that's part of forgiveness I think so hard to forgive people who put you through hell and back and (laughs) um you know this certainly you know (laughs) springs to mind a few people maybe not forgiving but maybe just not carrying it not carrying it anymore not caring yeah you know somebody said something a while ago forgive your enemies and it sort of shocked me a little bit because I thought I haven't got any enemies I don't hold on to that sort of that energy but because I've worked so much and yeah breathing it all out but that's how you forgive people is working on yourself it's not by going I forgive you yeah it's by yeah. going, let me just work on myself because you're then able yes. to thank them for sending you that message in life because it was, you know, something you had to learn. Um, and that's that's what I, I feel quite empowered by when I I, 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 I I let go of irritation I have towards somebody is because I've done the work on myself and I actually thank them for, for making me see 
what I needed to work mm. on. Um, mm. oh, yeah, I just, I just love, I love learning and growing. So for anybody who's thinking, you know, breath work, oh, I'm not sure about that. I'm not, is, does it really work like that? I can absolutely say it does because I have breathed mm. with Lou and I promise you the experience I had was like somebody came mm. and took away the badness, the, 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 the stuck tight energy mm. that I needed to let go of that trauma. It was the most extraordinary experience you breathe um, quite deeply um, for the hour. And when I first started the breathe, because uh, Lou sets the rhythm for you and you have this music that you you uh, breathe with. Um, but what I say is it, you think at first, oh, can I, can I carry this on for an hour? Mm. But it's mm. extraordinary what your body does. You obviously know exactly what the technical terms are. What is it that happens to your body when you're breathing with that the very deep breath? Yeah, so about the first 15 minutes, which is why it's so good to be guided through it, um, your your brain is, the mind is still desperately trying to control mm. and the thoughts are all there. And I always talk through, we, we laugh about it because sometimes you can get, people can get really irritated with me, um, really irritated or oh, shouldn't have come or there's no point, oh, I'm not doing it right. And there's there's all of that and it's just all the mind. And it takes about 15 minutes to really just let go yeah. and uh, DMT, dimethyltryptamine, starts to drip through your pineal gland after about 15 minutes. My favourite thing. They call it the bliss molecule. And that's what takes you to an altered state of consciousness. And it's the same uh, chemical that's released in your body when you take LSD, mm -hmm. when you take when you have ayahuasca, the plant medicine. Mm -hmm. But your body produces it itself through breath. Wow. So the, when you when you do this breathing technique, 15 to 20 minutes later, you go to this real altered state of consciousness that is absolutely blissful and mm. incredible. Um, yeah. And then really the journey just starts. Oh, you, then... you just sort of sink into the void it where does. you hear the whispers of your soul. Yeah. You know, you sink into that void. And, you know, we, we, we all are our own gurus. All the answers are inside. If we would just shut up and listen, yeah. it's all there. And that the breathwork journey is ridiculously powerful at how it lets go yeah. of the stuff that we've got that we're holding on to and takes us to this journey really to our soul of absolute alignment and knowing and people get real sort of downloaded in wisdom and information as well really know their life path from breathing yeah. really suddenly go oh my god there was a lady I breathed once that at the end of the session she just said I've never ever ever wanted children and, and at the beginning she kept saying I don't know if I'm doing it right I don't think I'm doing it properly and I said you're doing it just fine just keep breathing keep breathing it was a big group session and at the end she sat there and she went I'm going to have a baby. I want to have a baby. And she was so shocked at this revelation. She'd wow. never wanted kids. And about a year later, she had a baby. She was, she, she literally wow. got pregnant. It was like, so it was like something had been released. Something had sort of been released in her that she yeah. felt she heard her truth for the first time. The world is loud. Yeah, it is. It is. It's so stimulating. It's so loud. The minute you wake up, you know, most of us will yeah. get on our phones. We'll see something yeah. on social media. It will set yeah. a thought process. It will be a butterfly effect yeah. within that morning. You turn the news yeah. on. It can set your mood. You know, there's not nice yeah. things going on in the world at the moment. So to be turning that news on is going to be very triggering for a lot of people. Um, you go on the, you know, you, you pick up energies from people on the train, on the bus, you know, mm. when you're driving kids. your car. Kids. Everybody's upset and, um, you know, mm. worries in mm. life. And it's so hard. So to take that time away is so incredibly important to really prioritise it. But I, I had mm. a most amazing experience with the breath work. Like you say, I went on a journey and I felt light. I felt everything like that I was carrying, all my worries, you know, about mm. whether I'd made the right decisions with my career, whether we were doing the right things for my family, I was making the right decisions for us of like this process of our living situation at the moment. And um, it was just, you know, just a real reassurance that 
it's unnecessary worry. Don't worry about that. It's nothing to mm. worry about. Everything's taken care mm. of. You are okay. And it just was, I came away and it does last and it lasted for quite a while. And even the effects today have stayed with me of what I, the insights that I had from that breathe. Um, it's just so reassuring. Um, I really recommend it. I recommend that. And I do rec massively recommend the dance as well, because you'd just be feeling so joyful coming away from, from dancing. There's nothing better than music and dancing. How, yeah. how amazing and, and is And barefoot music? in the forest. Oh, yeah. Oh. Barefoot. So nice. And there, there's other benefits with barefoot as well. Yes, the earthing. Yeah. If ever I'm in London working or if ever I'm like in a studio working and there's all the fake lights and the cameras and all of that energy, as, as soon as I get back and I live in the countryside, as soon as I get home, my shoes come off, I'm barefoot. I was in London the other day and I came home and I thought, oh, I need to get back. Yeah. And yeah. I was literally doing the allotment. And my partner said, are you really going to do that barefoot? I was like, yeah. And I was on the compost heap, loading the compost into ah. the wheelbarrow barefoot, literally standing in shit. And oh, it just felt so much better. <laughs> and it was amazing. <laughs> That's where I belong. <laughs> Rolling around in shit. I love it. <laughs> yeah, oh, it's been an amazing chat to speak to. It's been fantastic. Where, where can people find your ecstatic dance and how can they contact you about breath work? So um, I'm on Instagram. Um, and there's a there's an ecstatic dance and a breathwork page on Instagram, and I have a website, and we'll put all of these in the show notes. So yeah, the, the ecstatic dance is kind of spreading everywhere, and yeah, there's 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 loads of opportunities. I do the breathwork. I do an online Zoom breathe so that people can join um, if they live miles away, and uh, I'm also starting a group breathe. And the, and the reason I want to do it in big groups as well is just to make it financially accessible for yeah. everyone, yeah. because um, what you get from it and what you let go of it is so financially it's so yeah. beneficial yeah. to come along uh it's so cheap yeah. to to come along and do a breathe are you looking for a wellness community that holds zero judgment and is a safe space for you to nurture your inner wellness in your own time and at your own pace? Well, if this sounds like the place for you, check out the Happy Health Club, my online wellness community. It covers plant-based nutrition, sober living and fitness. And if you sign up to our free newsletter, you receive our plant-based recipe ebook. Visit thehappyhealthclub.com. Give yourself the gift of well-being. I do have one question that I ask all of my guests and that is what would you dare our listeners to do for the sake of their happiness the podcast is called dare to be happy so we like to you know just put it out there to see what it is that you would personally dare people to do what would I dare oh the word dare it, um... how does that make you feel the word dare when I sort of hear dare I, it makes it sound sort of extreme yeah. but I think I would go the absolute opposite way and, and say I would dare people to find that silence to, to, to literally find that absolute silence inside mm. because it's life-changing it's absolutely life-changing to literally hear that silence and that yeah. stillness i dare people to be still yeah i love that because that's when all the that's where all the answers are that's yeah. where all the magic happens and and that's what i love when i ask that question dare for the sake of happiness what do you dare people you will often say when it's when it's the dare and the happiness is put together it's the simple mm. things in life somebody said mm. um I dare you to say hello to strangers in the street, look them in the eye and say hello, because oh, that I makes you that. happy. And, you know, taking that moment to be still, it's such a simple mm. thing, but it's these things we don't dare ourselves to do. We're happy to take the course or try and get gold medal mm. or really push ourselves for that, mm. that bonus at work. But are we doing the simple things in life? We're forgetting mm. to do them. 
And those are the things mm. that are really, truly going to fill our well-being. But mm. thank you for that, because that is such an important thing to do, is to pause and to find that stillness every single day. Mm. Amazing. Mm. Ah, oh, thank you. Oh, I love you. I, I love, love our chats. I love having you in my life. Oh, <laughs> you make everything just a little bit better. So thank you. I appreciate you. <laughs> I appreciate you so much. And it's so nice to have a friend in showbiz, you know, somebody who gets that side as well. And, you know, to have you in my life who I don't feel like I'm playing top trumps with. We can just have real genuine, mm. lovely conversations. So mm. thank you for being on my podcast. I love you. I love you. <laughs> Wow, what a brilliant episode that was. I love chatting to Louisa. I could have gone on for hours and hours. She's so inspiring and motivating and such a great energy to be around. And she is right. You know, it's such a great tip that a great mindfulness tip just to be still and take a moment. And as we say at Dare to be Happy, I dare you to take that into your week take a moment to be still and breathe and just come out of this overstimulating world we live in. Have a great day and remember to love you and take care of you. If you've enjoyed this episode, please leave a review and make sure you have subscribed to Dare to be Happy. Thank you for listening. Thank you so much for listening to Dare to be Happy. Hope you enjoyed this episode. It would mean the world to me if you could share my show with your friends and family. And if you could rate and review and subscribe, it means others can find out all about the podcast too. If you'd like to get in touch, you can find me on Instagram at Susie underscore Shaw, or you can email me at info at Sending you tons of love and I'll see you soon.